Welcome to Slacker Motor Radio with Brad and Addison. Based out of the Pacific Northwest, we're talking motorcycles in the motorcycle community, and we're excited to have this hour with you. Here we go. Welcome back, Slackers. We are here again. 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 Are you sure? And much like last week, next week we'll have a treat with basically the same guests. But it's a good one. Oh, I'm, uh, you'll enjoy it. Good so introduction of a guy. We're already that was introing in that one. However, this week we wanted to cut in between those episodes and talk about a, an opportunity we had to go see the new Triumph releases in downtown Portland for yeah, the Best awesome. of British tour. What do you think, Brad? I thought it was actually pretty cool. I didn't get to stand in line and. Uh, <laughs> For three hours or whatever you did to get in there, but uh, I had a good time. It was actually pretty cool. First time I've done something like that. Closer to three and a half, but I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. How did that go? It wasn't too bad. The weather was good. It was fine. Uh, It was kind of that thing between going straight there or going home and coming back. And in the end, it would have been relatively a wash between when I wanted to be there and just getting there early. Mm -hmm. But it would just been time in the car and through traffic. So instead of dealing with that, I just... Went straight there. Uh, worked out first in line. Um, <laughs> super gracious group there. Um, the local Tiger Troop, which is the Triumph Tiger kind of dual sport adventure bike group, club, whatever you want to call it. Right. Uh, here in the Portland area, they a uh, couple of people, the the leader or president, I don't know if there's a president of the club, or but the president, what I would consider the president and her husband, and a few buddies from that group that I knew before, they all went to dinner. Ended up sharing their leftovers with me at the end. They felt so bad I was in line so long. Um, so it worked out okay. It was fun to be there. I ended up having an opportunity to chat with a number of people there in line. Uh, shout out to uh, to everybody that we talked to. We had a good time there. But uh, as well, it was nice to kind of talk to some of the people helping and, and organizing. So, yeah. All in all, it wasn't too bad. A lot, okay. a lot of standing time, but... Realistically, going home wouldn't have any, been any better. I would have gone home, said hi, turned around, and come back. So That's what I did. Yeah, basically not enough time to really get any benefit, but just be in the car for twice as long. So it was all right. So what? So the reason why it was appealing to some extent to stand in line uh, and be one of the first 70 there is that they were giving out goodie bags. So what did oh, you yeah. get? Oh, I got the best goodies. Did you? I got a can-shaped glass. Okay. <laughs> And what does it say on the glass? Best of British Tour. Oh, sweet. That's actually not bad. Yeah. I actually use it. It's a good glass. Okay. It's a nice glass. I have a handful of good glasses that I use for my Dr. Pepper. Yeah. It's one of them. Yeah, they didn't have Dr. Pepper there. They didn't, but most places don't. So what else did they have in the bag? Uh, anyway, other than that, there was a uh, one of those headband, scarf, neck cover, mask, multi-tools. I don't know if you guys have seen those, but it's basically a tube, uh, a nylon tube that you can either put on as a headband, wear as a scarf, or cover your face, whatever you need to do with it. It's a tool? Basically. Okay. Right? It's got four or five uses. Uh, I've kind of looked at them before, but they're, they're super cheap, which has always kind of made me not want to get one, because it's got to be cheap. Getting one for free is worth having. So sure. It says Triumph. It's all branded. It's it's cool logo on it, and the kind of the artwork on it is cool. It's one I will use. So yeah. It'll be in the, it'll stay in the saddlebag for rides. Okay. It's usable. Okay. Uh, and then some beard oil. Ooh. That, in fairness uh, to Triumph, 
Really didn't have much of a scent. Uh, seemed pretty low end. Yeah. As someone with a beard who has used different beard oils, who is working on making my own beard balm, not uh, not a, I wasn't impressed. I probably won't use it. <laughs> okay, but it's a good thing somebody else gave I got you theirs. One. Yeah, yeah. Other people without beards were were sharing and and passing the the fun on, but it was you know it was, it was cool. It was cool. Yeah. Other than that, uh, yeah, the same discount that everybody else got if they were to order a bike that night. I got okay. I got a paper for that. As did I. Yeah, three hundred. I mean, everybody line. else got so sure. Just those little things. It wasn't. Uh, I don't know that. Again, the gifts that they gave weren't really worth three hours in line. But the alternative to being in line was going home and coming right back. So I'm not. I'm not. No hard feelings. I don't care. I wasn't necessarily there for the gift. Mm-hmm. So it worked out. So did you get an opportunity to network? Did a little bit. Got to talk to a, a few people. Um, basically, a lot of writers share the podcast. Uh, you know, again, shout out to any to everyone listening that we met at the Best of British tour. That was uh, that was fun to chat with you. I uh, got to spend some time with the Triumph with the Tiger Troop. Obviously, I kind of mentioned that with Kate and, and her husband there, um, and then got to just see a couple of people within the. So obviously, with the Scrambler. A lot of the people that are more connected with the Beaverton dealer, uh, with Cascade Moto Classics out there, I, I got to see and, and connect with again and and uh, spend a little time with. So a little bit. I don't know that it was an extreme networking event, mm-hmm. but uh, the opportunity to kind of spread the word. We, or I don't know if we. I was wearing the uh, Slacker Moto Radio shirt and hat, so. You were you know, worried about me stripping in the middle of the event and putting on mine. Otherwise, we well, both the problem could have was you it. weren't doing it to put on a shirt. You were just doing it. <laughs> I, I know it was weird. It was apparently especially when we saw cameras in every corner. Yeah, that was kind of it made sense, but uh, little plug-in dongles at each one of the outlets. Yeah, quite the surveillance setup. It was. There was a lot of them. There were every outlet. It was a good event location for that. A venue for that. Yeah. So you mentioned something as you were standing in line and. Uh, making sure that I was coming, that you <laughs> had heard about a Facebook page that was local to the Portland area, or yeah. how does that work? So the the Triumph Tiger Troop runs, obviously, if you follow their Facebook group, if you run an ADV bike, it doesn't have to be a Tiger. Uh, it doesn't even have to be an ADV bike. If, if you want to run trails that are mostly road, sure. Uh, every once in a while they'll do an off-road adventure, but they do a lot of road. If you want off-road, you got to kind of join the Carl's Mystery Ride, which is... Based out of latest motors, that's a whole mm. different thing. Uh, and now I sound like Promo Bell, but <laughs> the, the, I followed these different groups uh, at least from from afar, if not participated. I've gone on some rides with the Triumph with the Tiger Troop, and there it was all roads. I mean, I took the Scrambler, which could have done any of the off road stuff that they would have done, but they didn't. Right, it's like bridge bridge runs through Portland, you know, either over the Portland bridges or under the covered bridges, different places. It, it, nice rides. So you can go to their Facebook group and, and check that out. But you can also go, um, Kate and her husband, actually open up their personal garage and do shop days. It sounds like they've only done a few of them. I was talking to them a little bit about it. I had some time to, to sit and chat uh, before the show as they kind of had everything prepared. And also they had a couple hours before the show started, just like I did. Yeah. And uh, they came outside and we chatted. But the uh, yeah, bas- the basis is they at one point had somebody come with an old bike that wasn't running. And by the end of it, had they were riding it home. Oh, um, you know, they'll just kind of set up some form of shop day. Hmm. Everybody can show up and use their 
garage or shop, or I don't know what kind of facility it is. But uh, if you check them out on Facebook, if you follow the Tiger Troop, you should see the the invites there. And then, uh, you know, when they do things like that, you're obviously welcome to join in and, and participate. So That's kind of awesome. a cool thing that they're doing for the community. I thought that was kind of neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I appreciate the, you know, that that is something that they're kind of offering up that they've got the ability to have, right? And offer up to those around them. Um, otherwise, yeah, just a lot of a lot of chatting and getting people excited about riding in general. I think most of the people I talked to, one of them had a, had a bike, uh, had a Triumph. I guess they all had bikes at some point, um, but had a Triumph and was looking at a, a replacement Triumph. Had a Trophy twelve hundred. Was okay. looking to possibly upgrade to the new Rocket three, which I will say. Uh, we'll get into it, but it looks better in person than even the pictures. Um, yeah. But, you know, other people that were either between bikes or, or trying to figure it out and really not necessarily looking for a Triumph, but just here to be part of the motorcycle community. So I thought it was a, a good event for that, that it wasn't just a, a Triumph party. It was pretty well spread between people that just ride. I think most people we asked weren't necessarily on a Triumph. No, but they were there. They they appreciated the event. Seemed like a lot of really good people, sociable. People wanted to be able to visit a little bit, check out the bikes, often on the bikes, often on the next bike. Sitting two up on the bike, as awkward as some of those instances <laughs> were. If you're there, you'll know what I mean. But um, it was it was actually pretty fun. It was pretty cool. I thought it was a great event. Yeah. So what, uh, what, what did you see that caught your fancy? Top three. There were only about seven, so... That's a good portion of the of the bikes there, but top three. Oh, you know, I for me the the, the rocket definitely stood out. It was uh, interesting just seeing something that's that large and seeing how it's progressed from the previous generation to this one. I know there was one parked outside. We talked to the gentleman for a while. Um, it definitely has a more it has a sportier look to it. And it doesn't have that same cruiser appeal to it that the old one definitely um, portrays. Uh, next after that, um, I don't know. I uh, The new Scrambler, that was pretty awesome. Definitely felt very comfortable. And then the bobber that they had there, was it a TCF? A TF- TFC. C. Thank you. TFC. Triumph that they weren't custom. allowing people to actually sit on. But um, had a good look to it. Definitely had some customization to it. Some mm-hmm. options that were pretty awesome on it for the value. It, all of them were and much more than I would really want to spend on a motorcycle. But it seemed um, seemed reasonable. Pretty heavily customized. I mean, and not with like catalog stuff. I mean, it, it had custom billet machined triple clamps, custom billet you know, mounts and, and things everywhere that you can't, you know, CNC milled items that you can't just go order. I mean, you could if they were selling them, right. but they don't just have them in the catalog. It's not like a replacement part. And it was for aesthetics, but some of it was also for weight, and it, it was multifunctional custom. I, I agree that the customization on it was a functional customization rather than kind of, you know, different stickers and upcharge by $500. Right, and were there only 70 of those? Do you remember if that was the number? 70 of those and 700. Was it 100? I think there's 100 of those. And 765 of the other one. Okay. Okay. And 765 is significant. The speed triple the Daytona. Daytona. The Daytona, only 765, and that's the size of the engine. So that's the significance of that. And it was cool, too. I like that. All of them there were, were pretty reasonable. They had their 
they're basic bikes, I would call them, that aren't as uh, fancied up as some of these other ones. And, you know, they have, they have their standard Triumph look to the Bonneville. And what was the other one that was there that we were talking about? Thruxton. The Thruxton as yeah. well. So, uh, but the, it was uh, it was pretty cool. I think that I, I, I'm sure you'll hit on this, but I was disappointed we didn't get to hear any of them. Yeah, we'll get into that. Um, but <laughs> oh, sorry. No, you're good. Now I agree with you on a couple of those. I think uh, for me, yeah. What were your the, top the number three, three was the rocket? I, the I gotta three. say, I kind of liked it in pictures before. We've talked about it, right? Sure. If you look back a couple of episodes, you'll see we've got the the touring rocket. Um. And we kind of talk about whether it's a touring bike or a sport bike or, you know, what it was, right? Mm-hmm. And I think we talked a lot about it being as an attempt to enter the power, you know, the muscle touring bike or the muscle, what, what are the, I can't remember. There's, there's a status for these bikes. And it's basically the, the Ducati uh, Monster and it's the, uh, the Yamaha. Um, oh, my goodness. Why am I drawing a blank here? Help me out. VMAX. Okay. Thank you for not helping me out. Um, but anyway, the, the Ducati Diavil. I said monster. The D- Ducati Diavil and the VMAX. And these are like, you know, 150 horsepower, large engine, large displacement powerhouses that are just meant to haul down more or less straight roads. They can carve, but... There's just so much power and torque that they're just beasts, right? That's that's the intention of these bikes is to just go fast in a straight line, but still be a blast around the corners and, and have fun. Um, and I, I, we talked about it and alluded that I think it's attempting to compete in that market. And I got to say that now seeing them in person, I think it will compete in that market. It does look very Ducati. Uh, the VMAX is outdated and has been for about 10 years. Nothing sure. against Yamaha, but the style just hasn't grown. They updated it slightly, you know, four or five years ago. It basically looks the same. Still an awesome powerhouse. And from other people's experiences that I've heard, it is a riot to ride. Sure. Stylistically, it looks like it's basically the Ducati and the, and the Rocket 3. And the Rocket 3 has that cruiser history from, as you alluded to, the previous models. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's going to do well. I think it will take some of the, the Ducati Diavo market. Because it does look and have numbers that are better. Right. It looks similar and has better numbers. So, you know, horsepower, torque, and engine displacement are all pretty much class leading. I mean, it's massive. A 2.5 liter yeah. uh, triple. I mean, that's that's a massive power plant in a motorcycle. Um, so, it's, you know, it's going to get the job done. It's going to put power to the ground. The rear tire on it was just wide and it looked mean. These are the things you don't really see in the pictures. Right. And then you walk around and you're like, oh, this thing's pretty bad yeah attention to detail was on there but that wasn't the case with all of the bikes but but still even with the rider on it it didn't make the people that were sitting on it look like look ridiculous no it It seemed to fit well and it fit everybody i mean we had some shorter people and some taller people and everybody seemed like they should be on that bike so for being such a massive bike you'd think unless you were six two you're gonna look like a you know it's gonna look like a a giant bike and you're going to look like you're on a bike too big. But and they really had options off. for where you wanted to have the pegs, whether they're front set, mid set. And I, I don't know all of them, but uh, to kind of fancy the, the cruiser style riders that wanted to get on it, as well as those that wanted to have more of a traditional or a sportier uh, riding position. So that was pretty cool. 
Let's see those Rocket 3s. Please. We have a Rocket 3R, which is the red one. That guy is beautiful. So you notice all new motor, all new castings. Uh, bumped it up to 2,500 cc's. So that's 2.5 liters. That is a massive power plant. My car doesn't even have a motor that big in it. So pretty, pretty cool. Um, you'll notice between the R and the GT, there are some differences. The foot pegs are in a different position. The handlebars are in a different position. The GT has a backrest and a little rack in the rear. Uh, all of these parts are interchangeable, so hop on these bikes, check them out. You like the bars on the yard, you like the forward controls on a GT. Anything can be put on either bike. You can make them look how you want to. The Rocket 3 R comes in the red and a black, and the GT comes in the silver that you see here, and also a black. So these things have, uh, you know, how, how, how does uh, 165 horsepower make you feel, or 163 foot-pounds of torque? Those are insane numbers. These things are monsters, and they are beautiful monsters. So completely different ball game than the old Rocket. Um, tons of accessories for them. Uh, we've got some prices here as well. So we've got the Rocket 3 R. Oh, you know what I forgot to mention? These things are 90 pounds lighter than the old one. That's like me in seventh grade. That's crazy. So that's a that's a big weight loss number there. And then uh, we've got more fuel capacity. We've got so many things here that are exciting. The seat heights are also different on the two bikes. So this is one of those deals where if you want to jump on the bike, have a look at it, see what feels best, make tweaks as necessary, put a deposit down, wait about a month and you'll see a new motorcycle. So not bad at all. The Rocket 3R retails for $21,900 and the Rocket 3 GT retails for $22,600. So, these will start delivering to dealerships in January of next year. So that's the January that comes after this month and we're in. So not a bad time to wait. No, so I that mean, was your number one. Uh, number three. That was your number three. Number three. Number one. So I thought that was a cool bike. It was better than I thought it was. You know, in person, it was better than it was in pictures. I was into that. Number two is the Scrambler, or Scrambler 1200. I've always been, ever since they kind of updated the Scramblers, basically solved all of my wishy-washy concerns with the 900 of it's not quite powerful enough. It's still air-cooled. It's not quite, you know, modern, you know, not quite enough horsepower. The scramble was always just right there at the top of what you need. You know, if you maxed out the 900, you got everything you needed. But it still everything. left a little bit more want. Sure. Right? Everything you need is there. But you could want some more. Right. And you can always want more. I understand that, the you know, you'll always hit a ceiling with anything you own and you'll want something different out of it. But the 1200 definitely raises that ceiling a significant amount. Okay. It brings your horsepower up. Sure. You got a sixth gear, so your touring ability, you're not revving it out on the freeway. It kind of fixed all of the little buggy things that weren't necessarily terrible, but could have been better. It makes them better. So I, I'm a fan of that bike. I think it looks great. The technology on it's really cool and exciting. Mm -hmm. It has, you know, the TFT display you can change to say, do, be, whatever you want it to display. All the ride modes that are electronic and selectable. It basically brings it into BMW fighting. 
right. market, but at, you know, $16,000, which an equivalent bike in BMW is 20 plus. Right. So you get a lot of bike for your money, but it is still way out of a price range I'm looking at. So it's a cool bike. I like it. It's not new, different. That's been around for a year now, so it wasn't uh, a showstopper in this, but I, it's still my number two bike. I would say that you're most giddy around that bike. I think that's the bike that... So whatever you say for number one, I don't believe you based on how you react. Now, I'll tell you what. My number one, and just so we don't need a drum roll or anything, but just so we don't, yeah, we don't go around it here, is the new Tiger 900. Okay. And the reason it's number one is because I have the most curiosity and excitement for this bike. Okay. Do I don't know that I necessarily want it more than the Scrambler 1200, but theoretically I do. Uh, it's a new engine, new power plant, new rides, new TFT display. So all the technology, all the updates, plus a little bit more that the 1200 has is now on the, the Triumph 900 or the Tiger 900. Um, the 800, uh, and I've said this before, but not necessarily on the podcast, the 800 was always just similar to the, the Scrambler 900. Sure. Always a little underpowered, always just a little too small. And the Tiger 1200, the Explorer, it was always just a big touring adventure bike, which okay. was really only fully useful on multi-day trips. Otherwise, it was just too big. It was and bigger you think than you going want. from an 800 to a 900 is going to make the world of a difference? I think it can. If you look at the FZ08 that okay. Yamaha used to have compared to the FZ09, it is an entirely different bike. Significantly more power. Your ceiling of what you can do with it is... On the, the Yamaha, and again, it's the same power plant as the XSR 900, so everybody already knows I'm in love with it and incredibly biased. Really? But the ceiling is almost, you know, unattainable. That thing can do all kinds of stuff. You you can always have fun on that engine, on that power plant. But the 800 was always a little bit, you know, you could cap that one out. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like the Scrambler 900 for me, at least, that it was like, you know, you, you could rev that out every time and not necessarily get yourself into trouble. Right. Right. You could sure, if you just keep revving it out and blowing through gears. But if you crack the throttle, you don't endo the bike. Where the XSR 900 or the FZ09, you crack the throttle and that thing will flip over on you. You gotta, you have to tame that bike. Right. They it have has FZ06, more power than you need. The FZ07, the FZ08, the FZ09. So it seems like people were wanting more and more and more. It'll be interesting because I know that they have the MT10. Isn't that the yep, next MT10 one? MT10 is the the big power, but that one's very sport oriented. Not such a touring. They've used the 900 as the touring package, the uh, adventure package, and the Naked tour or naked sport bike. Okay, sure. Kind of use that yeah. power plant because it is such a good jack of all trades. Triumph is also a 900 triple. Okay. The ability to basically make that same jump with only 100 cc's more is there. Now, I don't know. I've never ridden it. I don't know much about it. I see videos. I will say, getting on the more off road version of it at the show, that yeah. thing was cushy, plush, not in a comfort way, but in an, a dirt bike way. Okay. I was, you know, on it and I was shocked at how much travel the rear suspension had just sitting on it. Of how much it felt like getting on my dirt bike where, you know, before the suspension unloads uh, and, and you can get off, you're on your tippy toes, but you sit down and you're flat foot with knees slightly bent. It has a lot of travel, a lot of ability to keep going. So the off-road portion of it looks feels incredibly capable. Without having ridden it. I imagine they tuned the suspension just for that event. They well, weren't the, turning any of them The suspension on. is 100% electronically tuned. So that would mean that you can put it on right. off-road you mode would or only road mode. ride with that. 
as soft as it was if you were oh, going to be going off road. And okay. that's what I'm expressing. The, the fact that it's electronically They're pulling on those heartstrings is what I'm saying. Is they were smart about how they But if you switch the Scrambler 1200, I've been on it. I've sat on it with off-road mode and it is not the same. Okay. And I've sat on many adventure bikes or ridden a couple of them and they are not that same. That that feel is not the same. It okay. is not a dirt bike. It is clearly an adventure bike. It is a road bike that will do okay in the dirt. And if you want it to do well, you're upgrading all kinds of stuff. New okay. suspension, new changes. When you really want to go off-road hard with a you know a 900cc adventure bike, mm-hmm. you got to do a lot to it. And it really felt like this Triumph was capable out of the box. So, so we're going to be riding a Triumph. <clears throat> I'm definitely on board for that okay. because I, I am very curious. So I will have my eyes peeled for the next... Uh, the next rides, the next demos, because mm-hmm. I would love to get on that new Triumph uh, Tiger 900 and, and see what scrambler. it's like. The Scrambler, I have a pretty good idea of what it's like. Uh-huh. Okay. And, uh huh. You're going to want to ride it. I know. Oh, yeah. I didn't, I'll ride it just because I'm there. Yeah. But, and I know I like that one. So that one, I, you know, that one, if the 900 disappoints, the, uh, the Tiger 900 disappoints, the 1200 will immediately jump it in position. But the possibilities of the tiger 900 are are definitely pretty cool okay whether that meets those possibilities or not is yet to be seen both are the pro models these are the biggest baddest bikes you can get in the line range this year so rally pro is the one with the spoke wheels gt pro is the one with the cast wheels completely new bikes new motor new everything the frame is different the, the passenger foot pegs are removable the rear subframe can come off it's incredible this is everything I've ever dreamed of in a motorcycle, is the green Tiger 900 GT, or green Tiger 900 Rally Pro, sorry. So, I'm standing on the opposite side of the room trying to talk about a motorcycle I can't see, so it's a little bit interesting. <laughs> Just a bunch of people staring at me like, hey, what are you talking about, man? But uh, the bikes are back there. Those guys that were asking to see them, now's your time. Check it out. Put deposits down. Don't take it for a ride tonight because uh, that will not get you very far. So uh, there's no gas in it. The other problem I had is I know the scram- the the 270 crank twin on the 1200 Scrambler sounds awesome, especially with a little extra pipes. That's a problem? It is. No. It is my old Scrambler plus another 300 cc's, right? It is a sure. meaner version of what I had. And I loved the sound. That was I mean, I, I will never Everybody. find a bike that meets my needs for sound like that bike did. I still, that's the only thing I regret about selling that bike, is I miss firing that thing up and revving it out. Just down the road, cracking that throttle, that thing sounded so good. And so the 1200 is the same thing, but bigger, right? It's great. Okay. Okay. The problem, back to you giving me a hard time about saying the problem, okay. is they didn't fire up one single bike at this event. Okay. The, the, it's a triple. The, the I, I know is it bothered me too. You brought it up during the event, and now yep. yes, I that that should have been there, and but, they would have got more people excited yep. about it had they actually fired up these motorcycles so people could oh, get get their adrenaline running, 100%. hearts pumping, and get excited about being able to get on them. Now, our listeners that have gone back to the Ireland, the Emerald Isle F one, a few episodes ago, can hear the street triple. Running, revved out. Sure. I've got a recording. Maybe it was episode two. Now I'm drawing a blank as to which one that was. Nonetheless, you can hear the... the listen to both. They're short. 
You can hear the engine, right? I was at an event in Ireland where they unveiled that bike just on its own, and they fired it up and revved it out a few times. I mean, you got to hear the exhaust, and it was a great note. It's not like Triumph needed to hide that the exhaust is factory and terrible. Mm-hmm. From as far as I can tell, these 2020 bikes, they've done a good job of tuning a good exhaust out of the box, where unless you want to be obnoxious, you don't need to change it. It has a good note right out of the box. Which wasn't the case on the old Bonnevilles. Mm-hmm. Those things came pretty much sewing machine central. And you had to throw a pipe on it. Which is why British Customs, that company, made a killing. Because, I mean, they, they lived on upgraded Predator exhausts. Right. That made those Bonnevilles series bikes come alive. Yeah, have right? that rocket. I want to feel it, right? But yeah, Start I mean, it up. I want to feel it running. I want to feel or hear each one of these. Bike. I mean, that thing, yeah. You fire that up and crack that throttle... That room should have, you know, been rumbling. The ceiling should have shook. I mean, I, that's my problem. And the, the Tiger, I mean, this gets into the, my conversation about the possibilities of the Tiger 900. It's a 900 triple. And I can tell you that Yamaha's done good things It's, a, it's with its notes. And it's a Yamaha, which is a pretty generic, soulless Japanese bike. Nothing against Yamaha, but there's not a ton of personality. Even the XSR has its little hints, but it's still pretty generic. Okay, sure, yeah. The triples on the Triumph sound great. I mean, you go, if you watch racing and, I mean, Isle of Man, and you hear the Triumph go down the, the straight, you can tell. You don't have to be watching the show. You can be in another room, you know, what, doing whatever, making dinner in another room, and hear the race going on in the other room, and you know which one was the Triumph because it sounds so much meaner, has a better, angrier, visceral grunt to it. The opportunity to crack. You know, crack the throttle on these new 900s, a brand new triple that no one's heard, seen, or knows much about, really would admit him. This conversation about the possibilities would have been much less about possibilities and more about actualities. Sure. I, I'm super, if you can't tell, I was very irritated we didn't hear one bike run. I'm in a room full of brand new bikes and I didn't get to hear one engine. Ah, come on. You can do better than that. I think it would have been awesome as you were sitting in line to have them open the doors and even if, it was much later that they actually ripped, you know, fired them up while you guys were in the room. If they were to do something like this, just have those in there. Have people hearing that these bikes are running behind these doors that they still can't go in. Would have would have uh, I mean, enhanced yeah. the excitement as well. People would have been pumped. I think the possibilities were pretty good. And that was the one thing that left me. That was the, the one disappointment. Yeah, I missed had. opportunities. Yeah. The one disappointment was. And we asked. And couldn't get a straight answer out of the guys running, or not running, but volunteering and supporting the show. Um, you know, I kind of asked, hey, are we going to are we gonna be able to fire one of these up? And I kind of got a, well, we'll see. Really? Yeah. Which, yeah. to me, means yes. Don't leave me hanging like that, because that makes me twice as disappointed when it Maybe they happen. started them after we left. We didn't stay no until way. the end. Uh, you never know. I guess that's fair. They said that there was no fuel in any of them, though. There's no fuel. I saw them pushing them. So when I got there, they were still setting up. They were pushing them out of the truck. Right. They didn't fire. It's not like they they rode them into the building. Which they, they should have done as well. They but pushed anyway. them out of the truck and walked them around. So mm-hmm. I don't think there was much firing up of anything going on. I don't even know if they had the keys. Probably not. I think, yeah. I think fork locks were disengaged so you could move them. And that was about it. So what did you, uh, did you have any good conversations while you were there? Anything that just stood out as surprising, anything interesting that you learned? I know we had eccentric Matt 
talking about the bikes. Really is excited. Very, very we'll, we'll share some clips there as they relate to what we've talked about. If you haven't already heard them <laughs> at this point, and we'll, we'll see where we clip them in. But um, we also have, you know, you've heard a couple of the, the clips from the introductions of these bikes already. And then uh, other than that, though, just unrecorded conversations, things like that. Um, definitely was learned a lot about the parking laws of downtown Portland with regards to motorcycles. Okay, do share. We uh, we ran into a, a new buddy that that uh, basically oh. got his bike impounded because of parking issues, right. and unfortunately was serving our country mm-hmm. and couldn't be here to get it out. So has pretty much ridiculous is where I would go. Um, expense on yeah, just storage over $4, fees four thousand dollars on you know on a bike that it, you know in his to hit i guess what he says isn't worth that so a hard you know a hard spot that that dude's in because of that but i got a lot of conversation to kind of understand that and and kind of where he's at and maybe go help out uh bike shopping later sounds like he's he's looking to replace it so we'll get into that as uh as that progresses, to see if we find out any more uh feedback That'd feel free good. to let us know when you're going yeah, and we'll uh, we'll do what we can to support. But uh, that was a fun conversation. Uh, a lot of talk about uh, vintage bikes out in line before. Uh, I got a lot of good conversations in line because nobody, you know, we weren't all looking at bikes and excited about a specific thing. We were just having conversations. Um, so a lot of vintage bike talk. Met a dude with an old Guzzi. Oh, um, he kind of inherited it more or less from a friend. Had kind of kept it running, worked on it, made it his own. Um, had some conversations about the CX slash GL 500s. A number of people had also had them uh, when it came up when I was riding currently. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of fun to have those conversations sure. understand what people had done with them. Uh, a couple of older Triumph uh, runners, right, have some older Triumphs that they're restoring and or have restored. Uh, just kind of spending some time with the Portland motorcycle community, both custom, um, vintage, and current. So it was kind of nice. Yeah. That's good. That's good. That's, uh, I think, one of the key things about going into any one of these events is all the other people that you meet and the interesting stories that you hear or um, additional things that other people are doing. I was on my way in and walking. I had to walk a good distance, not too crazy, but from where I was able to park my vehicle to the venue and ended up visiting with a guy named Chris and his wife, Ket. And... uh, just about uh, what they do around in the community. They moved here from Colorado. He's uh, They do a lot of motorcycle riding. They're still doing a lot of riding. He also has a blog that he puts together, eternalmoto.com. If you guys are interested in checking it out, kind of just goes through each one of his adventures or their adventures that they go on together and uh, really gets into detail and um, wordsmiths some pretty interesting stuff if you're into that. Um, I want to want to play the Brad card. And, oh, really? But I actually looked at it, and it's pretty awesome. Okay, it, it's cool to see <laughs> you know the the accounts of people getting out and riding, doing longer trips. There's a handful of long trips on there. Sure, it sounds like they've kind of focused their life on maybe not their life, but definitely put a higher focus on motorcycle riding. Yeah, which is pretty cool to to read about and and kind of follow. Good pictures, a lot of good pictures, and a lot of information on it. I mean, it even got into some of the details of why things are the way they are whether that be route-wise or history of different areas. It sounds like rather than just going and, you know, getting from point A to point B, they kind of understand where they are and get the whole picture. So, yeah, yeah, it was, it's a good blog. No, that was so that was really cool. Also had a conversation as we were looking at the new Rocket 
uh, just turned to this guy randomly and started saying, said hello and told him he needed to buy three of them and uh, ended up having a little bit of a conversation about the rockets. Well, come to find out he's a Triumph mechanic, rides mm-hmm. an XT500, but was telling me how he was blown away how people come in with these rockets to get maintenance done and they want turbos on them. That what power they do have is not sufficient for what they really would like to have. So to going back on your point of stating that you have plenty of power, I would assume, with a rocket that you don't have quite enough potentially. Like said, You're the right person. The want there's always want more, right? You always right. want a little more. But is it enough? Is the yeah. is the question you have to ask on the bike you buy. And it's probably right. enough to start with, but then when you paid it off and you got some cash, if you love that bike, why buy a new one? Throw a turbo on what you got. Yeah. He said he did the clutch in one and then took it for a ride around the block and he said it was insane. <laughs> he said it was crazy. So uh, that's pretty fun. He's going to be tearing into the XT500 and and uh, rebuilding the motor soon. So just interesting. People have their own stories of what they're doing, what they ride. I was surprised that uh, not everybody was riding a Triumph. I know you mentioned that yeah. earlier, but that it was a very uh, diverse uh, group that was there and seemed a lot of fun. Like, yeah, all in all, it was a very good group. It wasn't, you know, a specific dealership. It seemed to be well advertised to where it obviously hit the motorcycle market. It was a great opportunity to bring people that may not be motorcycle people. Uh, you know, I we pushed, I guess push isn't the right word, but we talked about this a few weeks ago that, you know, as these events come up in the off season, bring your friends that have a, a remote interest. See if it sparks something. You know, it's a good opportunity to kind of get the bug, start start getting excited about it and and help out, right, sharing that community. So this was an awesome opportunity there. Mm-hmm. We had a good time chatting with people and, and really enjoyed the uh, the event. So all in all, I'd say, you know, Triumph did a great job with his event, but fire some bikes up, for heaven's sake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we appreciate everybody uh, sticking with us. Uh, have a great holiday. Uh, this will release basically Christmas Eve. If you're listening to it, enjoy your Christmas Eve and your Christmas. Uh, at that point, if it was to it at that point. Otherwise, we hope you had a great Christmas. I know uh, probably a lot of people will spend time with family on Christmas and listen to this later. But I uh, hope everybody has an awesome holiday or had an awesome holiday. Happy New Year. And, uh, you know, remember to uh, keep those motorcycle dreams going because the season's coming soon. Oh, yeah. Till next time. Right on. Anybody that knows me knows I love a good hair-raising triple, even though I haven't had hair in about 22 years. Um, It's something that I'm totally not okay with, but uh, I'll deal. Uh, So, the new Moto2 Daytona. Incredible machine. Looking up close, you've got some new Brembo Stylema brake calipers up front. You've got full carbon fiber bodywork. You notice towards the rear, there is no passenger foot pegs or a pillion seat. It is strictly for the rider. So, 
Why is there arms up back there? I can't see what's going on. Is he yelling? Okay, anyways. <laughs> Great looking bike. It's got a clear anodized frame, structure. A little bit stiffer than the last one. New swing arm. All sorts of fun stuff on this bike. There are 765 of these things coming to North America. And after that, you may never see a Daytona again. So get your deposits in tonight if you want one. These things will sell out.